All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 152 of The Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. This episode is presented by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering, news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to BetOnline today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. So what's going on, my man? How was the weekend? Yeah, it was good. Same thing, busy weekend. I feel like that's just like a, a, um, you know, just never ends right i talk to normal people that that their kids aren't at the ages that ours are and they're like wait so you don't ever get like a saturday or sunday free to just kind of like hang out and watch football or sit on the couch maybe bet online i'm like nope it just doesn't happen no it doesn't happen yeah like (laughs) no no rest for the weary especially as a hockey parent slash coach right yeah so yeah, uh, busy uh, kind of weekend for the Mozzes as well. Uh, Ryan had states on Friday night, uh, came up on the losing end, 7-6, kind of a back-and-forth game. Goalie um, matchup, huh? Yeah. No, it was just you know one of those things where – Extra you know, point. Extra point was converted. <laughs> yeah, yeah the two field goals didn't do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but – yeah, so what I, I want to say is like you know, so three twenty-minute stops, cut ice in between, four refs, so two refs and two of it, uh, linesmen, right? Really? Um, yeah. So like all of a sudden, so they but care. It, you're not used to doing that. No, I mean it's you're adding an extra, you know, fifteen minutes pretty much, or right yeah, to a you know, game. So like you know, you have to do short shifts, and we would always do halves, right? So and right, and we wouldn't even switch ends on halves. Yes. So, like that long change is a real game changer when you can use it, at, at, you know, to your advantage, and you know, you get stuck out there. You have to change, out change the other team in the second period, right? And you know, so not doing it, you know, for the whole split season, but it's just part of the game. I mean, that's real hockey, you know, right? <laughs> like you switch ends, but um, but so that's wild. Like, why would they? Why would mass hockey all of a sudden? I mean, obviously, that's that's been a thing. Or was this the first year? I've never heard that they played three 20 minute periods. Is that a national? Like, is that I, what they do when they go to nationals? Yeah, they must. I mean, it, it was news to me when I, you know, heard about it. You rolled in 10 minutes right, before, right the before the game. Before the game yeah. <laughs> so, oh, um, crap. I should have brought the water bottles, boys. <laughs> I actually, all right. So, you know, speaking of the water bottles, I, uh, I was up and out early and, uh i didn't come back to the house you know i i was at the rank and then i went to the office and i was like hey right can you re- remember the uh the whiteboard and the uh water bottles uh mm. you know, just right inside he texted me like hey i'm in hanover um don't have the whiteboard or the <laughs> water bottles i'm like yeah all set I, I didn't expect you to remember them even though it's like you know. yeah i i asked the question knowing that that wasn't gonna happen <laughs> but um 
so I went and bought a bunch of Gatorades and and waters, in a you know, at Marlboro and put them on the bench. It's <laughs> all so like they had their water; they were fine. They're tripping but, over the trip, tripping over caps. Yeah. So at the end of it, though, uh, kind of an interesting thing was you know, so you have full coverage for officiate officiating uh, crew. You know, you got two linesmen, two refs. Um, and one of the refs I was talking to before the game, and he's like, hey, we're going to have to take a quick uh, break here. Um, you know, the other team has to go put their whites on. I'm like, well, so was, we were wearing green. They were wearing red. And, um, you know, he looks over and he's like, uh, one of the linesmen and the other ref are colorblind. So I was like, that's a first. But – yeah, as long as they get the calls right and the teams right, you know, like they—that's like a real, you know. So green and red, I guess, kind of blend. I—I I don't know anything about being green colorblind. and red. No, being colorblind, like I'm sure they kind of are very similar. You know, they're, they're probably both green or something like that. I have no. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, we we could probably like look it up, uh, but <laughs> it was just like so. Like the boys are like, "What's going on here?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, they just had to get, uh, you know, their." Their white jerseys on and let's be ready to go but unfortunately it came up uh with a loss it was and you know i'm gonna roll it into i went to my daughter's game on saturday they played a team that was you know a level below but like same program so what i want to talk about is um you know playing down to the opponent's level yeah you know so we were ranked a lot higher you know say we like ryan's team in the states, who were ranked higher than this team, they wanted it more. They came out; they were still a, a strong team, but mentality and then playing down to the level of your opponent is such a trap, right? It happens all the time, and it's just about being prepared to when you get on the ice to play your game, get to your game as quickly as possible, and then you, you know, show that you're the better team, right. you know. And that's yeah. that didn't happen Friday, nor did it happen in my daughter's game on Saturday. And they oh. lost one nothing, and it's just like lessons that you can learn and and grow from. But it's right. disappointing when you see it. No, it definitely is. And we talk about it, um, and we talk about it with the my hockey rankings guys, right? Because it's like you 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 attach that number, and number one, it can use be used as such a motivating tool too, right? So that team that you're playing in the in the eighteens in the playoffs, like okay, these guys are ranked higher than us. Like now, it's like you can use that as a coach as a as a motivating factor right like Absolutely. oh you know like so um you know yeah and that's one of the things that you have to really as a coach when you are the higher ranked team know how to motivate your guys and and you know talk through it and make sure it's like hey it doesn't matter if you're the you know and i have this conversation with 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 my teams right like my 2011 teams by the rankings is a is a top five team in the country and it's like guys that just means you have a bigger target on your back mm -hmm. you know you're not sneaking up on anybody so you have to be pre prepared for it and you have to be prepared for everybody's best and i know you're 12 years old but it's a good learning experience for those kids it really is and it's about that preparation like you said and you know, I always talked to these kids about putting your skates on and being the best you can be. Like, but you also have to believe that mentally and like be prepared to do that mentally and physically. You yeah. go out and pr produce whatever you know your skill set is. But when, say, as a group, you have your foot off the gas mentally, have your foot off the gas physically, 
and a team that's motivated that wants to kind of stick it to you because like you're ahead of them or you know when the game matters in states right um you know you're going to come out on the losing end and yeah. you know it's not like we were talented enough to just throw our sticks out there and you know score on the power play or whatever to like just get by um yeah. you have to play a certain way you know so absolutely it was a little yeah, disappointing I saw- but. I saw a bunch of the results. It was, it was, um, you know, at the 18s, 16s, 15s, uh, the 14s. I know are they're the only age group that here in Massachusetts we don't do the the state championships till this. Uh, I call it the springtime, but kind of the end of the hockey season, right. um, which is kind of tough for that age group for for Collins age group because it's a quick turnaround. Like uh, when when did the I, I know nationals are early April it looks like I, I was just looking at the. Um, the results from this, you know, the, the, the games out in Marlboro this past weekend, I was like, wow, those guys have, especially here. Now everybody goes and spreads off and goes plays in their high school mm-hmm. um, or some of the Academy programs, I guess, are where we're in the States. Correct. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So Ryan Gibbons, uh, who I was coaching with, we were like, Hey, we're going to Vegas. I don't know if you guys want to win and get there, uh, but we're going to go out. <laughs> oh, that's where the, the, the U18 is. Oh my God, that's dangerous! I know. Eighteens, <laughs> they should probably do like the U thirteens there or something. I, I guess no matter what, yeah. no matter what, the parents are gonna have fun. Eighteen, yeah, that might have been a blessing for you guys not to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have. A, uh, so you were talking a little bit about refs, and it it, it, it sparked me. So I had two. A lot of um, Friday was obviously Veterans Day, and. So the the Islanders did a little bit of a like a, a I'll call it a super series, right? There was six teams in t- in town and um, played five. No, yeah, we played five games. So we played each team once. It was good. It was it was perfect. Kind of like a mini tournament, but you know you you knew when all your games were going to be and good competition. I missed the game Friday morning, obviously because I had to work. Um, but then Friday night, I was there. Uh, good game, and then Saturday. Trying to oh Saturday morning there was a um, played and the refereeing was it was like hot and cold they were kind of calling like at first they weren't calling anything then they were calling everything and at one point the penalties were like six nothing us versus them and I'm like dude can you like give us a break and I I never say anything yeah but uh, one of our guys gets like mauled down in the neutral zone and the referee, it happens right in front of the referee, literally right in front of the referee that's in the new neutral zone. The referee trailing the play actually makes the call. So I'm like, dude, I'm like, you're not even going to call a penalty that's in front of your face. Your partner's got to call it. And my, uh, did you get a bench minor? The coach I coach it. So both of us kind of said something. I'm going to blame Coop um, <laughs> and say he got it. And he'd probably be willing to take it too. But we, <laughs> we, we combined got up. So first. you evened it up. Yeah, we, we evened up. We were going on the power play. The first one, like I said, it was 6 nothing in penalties. We got a bench minus. So that was uh, <laughs> that was my confession of the weekend. But it was, it was you know, good game back and forth. And the team uh, overall had good results. We ended up going, you know, five and zero on the tournament, so it was good. It was it was good games and everything. Uh, and then Sunday night we had to play a league game, and the referee that came out, I'm looking at this dude, and I'm like, oh my god! Like, 
I guess all the referees were in Marlboro for the weekend with all four of them because this guy, one of them was great. His kid was an 03 Terrier. The other guy like could barely skate. <laughs> like they it, it, it was months. It was like comical. Like I'm like, oh my God. Like I looked at 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 Dave Cooper. I'm like, Coop, do you think you're just like sitting around one day and you're like, you know what? refereeing something that I'll try. Like, I know I don't know how to skate or anything, but like, it's kind of a prerequisite you would think to, to, or maybe he skated like 30 years ago or something, but it, I like felt bad for the guy. The kids are like laughing. I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Crazy. Yeah. So I, in my daughter's game, it's, there's two refs out there and, you know, and the I guy did. was trying, I'm not yeah, trying that's, to be negative. Yeah. He was, he was trying, but then, these there's one there was a younger kid who was like really hustling and like trying to like do the right things and there was um a couple situations where i mean like you skate to get into position so you can see it but like they're calling you from a zone away and like you know it could be close whatever right right. but um so this one girl kind of made a move like coming into the zone and like kind of toe picked on her own and the kid called a tripping penalty and this mom was like yelling, you know, I'm like, oh man, I, I don't even want to listen to this, but I kind of had to, you know, kind of perk up a little bit. Right, uh, right. You know, she's yelling, but like, she's right. But also the kids made, the kid made a mistake. So they, the refs got together, the girl came back out of the box and then she's like, yeah, that's right. Like, I'm like, just like shut your mouth. Like, right. You know, the kid made a mistake. He's he's skate. He's he was the one that was actually in position most of the game. And anyway, um, but yeah. So like, as far as like a ref not being able to skate, the the, the kids notice that right away. Yeah, they do. They do. I, and like I I barely notice it. You know, right? Um, even but there though, should be. So, and and I know that they. You know, I'm I'm never gonna say anything negative about the referees and stuff. And I know that they're doing classes and 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 everything, but. Is there some type of like you should be able to to cross over? Even, yeah, you should be able to cross over. You should be able to to bend you know down hustle down the ice, bend over. That those are all definite. So there needs to be some kind of accountability when it comes to that in the testing process and everything. But I, I right? think there's such like a, a void and a vacuum that was created. You know, so there's refs that are needed. So yeah we really do appreciate refs lending their time or, or actually just going and, and getting paid to, to yeah. ref. But, um, you know, so we, we can't complain too much because no, we there can't. were no refs, we can't play. And it's good to see a lot of these younger kids. Like I have a few kids that, that skate with Colin that got patched and they're doing games, um, which is great. And I think that a lot of these kids were seeing now at the junior levels, right. Uh, and, academy levels and even high school kids like if if you're one of those type of kids that that maybe is like taking online classes or something and you can fit it in like it's a great way to make some extra dough so they should we should you know like if i was running a u18 team or something like that i think it would be like mandatory hey you have to sign up and become a referee because you know what odds are you're probably gonna make it a hell of a lot further in refing and make more money referee and then you will in hockey. So right. and it's a it, it, it's kind of a win-win, I think. A good way to supplement your income and you're giving back to the game as a you know 18, 19, 20 year old kid playing junior type hockey. Um, which I mean I think is great. 
Mots, let me talk about Franklin Sports really quick. Franklin Sports is the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. Yeah, anytime you can get your uh, your game going off the ice is much better. I mean, ice time is limited. And, yeah. um, I, you know, I talked about um, going to that street hockey dedication in Watertown. Yep. That's something that, uh, you know, a b- bunch of people were talking about. You know, it's limited ice time, but you can use, you know, off ice to really uh, improve your game. So make sure you check out franklinsports.com for all your training needs. Um, some you know, different news in the hockey world, but what do you think about the uh, Edmonton Oilers obviously getting rid of Jay Woodcroft and assistant coach Dave Manson? Obviously, they were off to a, you know, a, a pretty rough start with high expectations, 3-9-1 and one, uh, so far this year as we record this, and they um, you know, they hired Chuck, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say Chuck Knobloch, uh Chris Knobloch, and I hope that's his nickname. <laughs> It should be. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah, uh, I heard it. he can't throw to first either. And uh, <laughs> him and Steve and, Sachs. <laughs> and uh, as a head coach, so Chris Knobloch as head coach and Paul Coffey as the assistant. Um, McDavid was uh, obviously when when he was with the Erie Otters, uh, Knobloch was his coach. So some familiarity there. I did see some interviews um, today with McDavid, and he didn't seem like he was, you know taking the news too great. And, you know, I, I would probably credit it a little bit to him on like his, you know, self-assessment looking at himself and kind of disappointed in the start that they've had and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because you can't fire players, right? Yeah. I think you said that last week, right? Yeah. To to shake things up, you got to fire a coach. Um, or coach is. Yeah. Um, but I think McDavid being as solid like he is, he does internalize and like puts a lot of pressure on himself because he is the best player in the world. Yeah. Um, but then when when even when this is a good lesson for kids, like even when the best player in the world is pressing, he's not as effective. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I mean they need to like do something, you know, they they have a good team. Um Nobok has done a good job in Hartford. Uh, the the minor league team for the Rangers has some past experience with Connor Brown and uh, Connor McDavid um, from Erie. And I just think, you know, a fresh start, right? And like I I heard his press conference and it's like about a fresh start. And I lived this and I experienced it when I was on the Island. Um, Scott Gordon got fired and Jack Capuano came in and, you know, it's just, you have, a voice and like coach Gordon was way more ahead of his time, in my opinion, trying new things, but we just didn't have the personnel to execute. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup doing the same thing that we did or okay. what we were trying to accomplish. Like these on it was like a an, kind of like a progressive, like outman the puck, even on five on five. Um, yeah, yeah, in like zone. Swarm. yeah, and. You know, some guys just couldn't make that immediate read, and then all of a sudden it's a major breakdown versus, right. um, you know, being effective and suffocating the play and stopping the play right there. So, so like through no fault of his, we just didn't have like the horses to like kind of do what he he wanted. And he was just a, he was a really good coach, in my opinion. He was because mm-hmm. he was always trying different things. And then um, Cappy came in, and but just that fresh start. You know, certain guys 
enjoyed it. Right. Yeah. I was new to the team. You know, um, some of the guys have been there with uh, Flash for a bit. So um, it's it's going to be interesting to see. You know, like I'm sure there's still going to be, you know, maybe they, they run off because uh, they're capable. And like I was watching the game the other night and I'm like, they're capable of winning 10 in a row. Right. Like, you know, th- with that team. So we'll see how it shakes out. But I just I think that it's unfortunate that uh, Jay Woodcroft had to because he is a good coach. He's prepared. He, he knows his stuff. And he, he was the one that needed to go because they needed a shakeup versus some of the players. Yeah. I mean, you got McDavid, who's under a point of game, which is very rare for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And the goaltending's always been an issue in defense, right? Up in Edmonton. So it'll be interesting to see. And and hopefully, um, you know, for the league's sake, that Chucky Knobloch can buzz up there and, and really turn things around. because uh, it, it is better for the for, for the league when you your best players, your McDavid's and Dry Seidels and those type of guys are um, you know, showcased and you know, like you said, if they go off and rally off ten wins in a row like it it's great for hockey in Western Canada and everything. Right. Yeah. No, I, 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 they're capable of it. And, you know, they hired Paul coffee as well, who hasn't coached, you know, since, you know, Oh, you know, 15 or whatever it was, but like he is a, I mean, he was an unbelievable player and he just maybe just has a, another fresh perspective to what they might need. Cause they are, you know, they can be a run and gun offense. You know, he was a run and gun player. I'm like, yeah, He's not going he to be unbelievable. Talking. <laughs> he could float on the ice. Yeah. Like glide by people, which is unfair. But, um, but yeah, it, so it will be fun to see how they respond. And, um, but just, you know, that message again, like the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, who is pressing because he wants to do more for his team and he wants to help the team is counterproductive. So sometimes right. you have to take a breath and hopefully this allows him to take a breath, everyone else to take a breath and they uh, get back on the winning ways. Yeah, well, we'll see how that all goes. Uh, in other hockey news in the college ranks, it uh, just came out t- today that Michigan Tech head coach Joe Shaw Shawhan is being investigated for allegations of player abuse. Um, you know, it was a recording that came out with uh, interaction with uh, an ex-player, Patrick's Marcinakevics, we'll call it. Uh, obviously, we probably screwed up the enunciation on that one, but uh, I can't even say enunciation. So, <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Marcinakevics? Yeah, that there you go. Right? Yeah, that like was good. good. Yeah. Patrick's uh, with a plural S. Patrick's, yeah. So, uh, kind of interesting stuff there. Obviously, you know, we don't know a ton about it, but I believe that, um, you know, Coach Shawhan has been cleared of things from what we've read. And, um, you know, I don't know this this kid Marcinakevics. Um, he he seems to you know have been bouncing around. He was at LIU last year. Now he's at Michigan Tech, and obviously he's gone. Uh, played a, a, on a bunch of different junior teams. So, what do you think? But possible bad egg here or what? I don't know. I mean, you know, we don't know the whole story, but just like from what you know, the information that we've gotten. Um, I just feel that, you know, it kind of adds up to a kid that has been thrown out of practice, misconducts, mm-hmm. doesn't care to be disciplined for his actions. And then you go in knowing that there could be some consequences and record a conversation with the coach. I think it's gutless. 
you know, yeah. you have a man-to-man conversation and you just try Illegal. to kind of, well, maybe I don't, I mean, you can speak to that, but, uh, <laughs> I just, I just think that is, um, kind of like the epitome of kind of a, I don't know, ex- excuse bailout of still not owning your own actions. Right. I don't know. I mean, that that's just my opinion. I just, and again, we don't know the whole story, but that's just like how I feel about, you know, you're recording something that, you know, something isn't going to go great with the coach or if you jab him with, you know, you know, something about him benching you or throwing him off the ice. Why did you get thrown off the ice? Why did you get benched? You know, there's misconducts. There's, you know, some, some other stuff that I read up on, but I mean, again, I don't know the kid, you know, but, uh, I don't know the kid or the coach, right? And even in the in the recording that you heard, you can you, you can tell the coach was a bit hot, and maybe he said some things that he probably didn't, um, you know, wish that he hadn't, right? And obviously, knowing he was being recorded, it would have been a completely different story. But um, yeah, it seems like you said it would be interesting to see how everything plays out. You know, from from what we've heard, um, you know, the the coach still does have his job, and obviously, this kid Masenakivex has been. Uh, bounced from the team and obviously is no longer at Michigan, uh, Michigan tech. So yeah, he left practice, like cleaned his locker out and then he tried to come back. Right. Like, no, like, what do you do now? Now this is his, his way of saying, um, you know, Oh, this is why I was gone. Yeah. Listen to this guys. Right. So we'll, we'll, uh, we hope the best for coach and the kid, you know, move on and go your separate ways move on and go your separate ways is right um we didn't even talk about who we have coming on today obviously we're pumped to um you know be joined by jeremy ronick jr obviously a legendary personality in the uh in the nhl and media was such a uh you know hall of fame type player in my eyes um you know Mots obviously came from the same alma mater as you so we were able to chat about that quite a bit yeah you know i Met him in person. It was lockout year. He came back, and we didn't even really touch on this, but uh, you know, he skated with us in practice, and you know, it's just like a real honor to like be on the ice with guys that you had um, posters of of up on your wall, you know, and right, yeah, you know, guys that you can look up to, and like, you know, helped create a culture that I was uh, fortunate to be a part of years later, and you know, my son's there now, so that that's that's the cool part. It was great to chat with him, and uh, yeah an electric player played on the edge all the time not the biggest guy but he had some jam and uh, he was always fun to watch absolutely uh before we get to the interview this is brought to you by colony grill one of the hottest things about traveling for hockey tournaments is deciding on a place to eat much you know how that is like every in between every tournament meal every game right like you're playing two games a day it's like where do we go to eat right colony grill is the spot, especially when you're in the Connecticut uh, or Westchester area, or even if you're down in Maryland, Virginia, or Florida, there's a Colony Grill that is close by you. Uh, Mott's, the hot oil pizza, I've talked about it before. It is the best, the best pie you're ever going to have. Um, it really does live the up hot to hot oil hype. Hot oil hype is right. It's unbelievable. Uh, make sure when you're heading to a hockey tournament, you are checking out their website and finding a location that is near the rink that you're playing at that weekend at colonygrill.com. Uh, again, Mots, this place is is my spot. It's my favorite pizza spot. Uh, I love it. 
Yeah, and, and that's the fun part. Like when you can go to a place that they know how to handle a team and parents. Yes. You know? It's like it, it's a it's a home run. So make sure you check out colonygrill.com when you're going to uh, your tournaments and see if there's a location near you. And now, please welcome Jeremy Roenick. And our next guest on the Ring Shrinks podcast, drafted eighth overall by the Chicago Blackhawks in the 1988 entry draft. A career NHL games played, 1,363, 1,216 points. A Boston area played at Thayer Academy. Fellow Tiger, welcome to the podcast, the one and only Jeremy Roenick. What's up, boys? How we doing? Everything's great, Jr. It's uh, it's a treat to have you on, and I know you got a lot going on here, so really exciting. But take us back to the to the beginning stages of of Jeremy Roenick in his hockey career. When did he fall in love with the game? Wow, um, I think I fell in love with the game at seven years old, and Gordy Howe dumped snow on my head when I was a kid in Hartford. Um, <laughs> You know, I mean, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean much to a lot of people, but when you're a hockey player and you know that the, you know, Mr. Hockey, who back in, in my time in the in the middle '70s, Hartford Whalers were were just they were they were gods, and you know, uh, Marty was on the team, Mark was on the team, you know, Gordy House playing with his two sons. I mean, you just don't it just doesn't happen, you know, yeah. in, the, in this day and age. Um, and uh, they were practicing at our our little facility that we practiced on, and we played on um, in Glastonbury. And it was a pregame skate, and they came out, and Gordy Howe dumped snow all over my head. I was, you know, one of those kids that were looking over this glass and watching them in awe as they skated around. And you know, he came around back again, and he just ruffled my hair and gave me a wink and stuff like that. And it was the coolest thing because for you know for thirty seconds of Gordy Howe's life. Um, he he decided to bring me into it, and it was a really cool thing because, um, you know, he didn't have to do it, and for him it was nothing. But it was just part of his having fun with the fans. And I realized that, uh, you know, the athletes and people can have a really strong impact on people, and uh, can really be role models, and can and create stories, and create. Um, a lot of happiness for a lot of people for many, many years. And I'm 53 years old. And I'm still telling you guys a story about Gordy Howe. And, and right. I tried to do that every single day that I was a professional hockey player. It was, it, it's the best, best thing in the world. So do you think that's, you know, kind of one of the reasons why you had such great fan engagement and took your time to sign autographs and be a role model as a player? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that was it. I think it was, that was a big part of it. Um, and, and I also saw how other other sports and their, I think their superstars treated people and treated their fans. And I really didn't like it. Um, it was almost like, we're, we're, listen, we're better than you. And yes, you should be um, cheering me and you should, and I don't have time for you. I mean, I've seen that other side of, of an athlete or a celebrity and I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it at all. I, I don't, um, it's a it's a diminish you diminish somebody else's heart you diminish somebody else's um uh role in this world and and where they are and we're all the same and it's just i just played hockey better than somebody else did and that person probably does something else way better than me and um i think it's really important that um 
when you when you have a role where everybody looks up to you, I think it's important that you that you try to um, live up to that role, especially when you see them face to face, or at least try to change their mind. And I've been trying to change people's minds for a long time right now, but um, unfortunately, other 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 entities, you know, the media and different things, are, have different different um, I think ideas in mind. No, that's great. That's a great answer. And but, you know, getting into it, uh, obviously, that's the story with Gordy House. Like, it's amazing. And like you said, at such an impressionable time in your life. And that's something that you're, you know, really like to have that story and say, wow, like, that's where I, I, I why I love the game so much and, and kind of got that passion. But as a player, when you got into it, like, early memories of you just jumping on the ice, like clearly, you know, we know the story of you as a youth, you know, as you got it to, to, you know, the youth hockey ranks and playing in the queue and, you know, Pee Wee Quebec tournament, but like right away, was it just a natural fit? Uh, for me, I had to really, I had to work hard for it because I was yeah. really small. Um, you know, my first year pro when I left, when I left, um, when I left high school to go play pro, I was five, almost five eleven, a hundred and 58 pounds wow. so i was really small and um you know i remember mike keenan put in football pads on me uh, my first year to make me look a little bit bigger um i the had the, the yeah the old donzy exactly the old black donzies big yeah. old pads yeah I, I and you know i had to i had to work hard for it. i had to bite and scratch and claw and and unfortunately i had to um you know, I had to hit really, really hard. And, and at, nowadays it would be illegal to hit the way that I hit back then, mm. but I had to do it because that was, that was, um, that was the mentality back then. That was Mike Keenan's, uh, kind of prerequisite to be, be a Chicago Blackhawk. Um, I, I could tell you stories like we don't have enough time for me to tell you the amount <laughs> of stories that I have of, of becoming a national hockey league player. Um, you know, I came from, from high school uh, that, and I missed my senior year of high school. Then I, I went five minutes of BC and then I played four games in the league, then went to the major junior. Then I got called up. I had a car accident going to my, you know, my call up game and scored my first goal without a, without a, a name on my Jersey. Yeah. I mean, my, my life is, um, my life is one big string of story after story after story. And it's one of the reasons why I wrote a book, but or two books, but it's um, one podcast can't even get close to being <laughs> what, you know, to come close to my life, man. It's just, it's yeah. really crazy. It's really crazy. Could you uh, rewind it back to the Thayer Academy days? And, you know, I was a few years behind you, but Hearing stories, Arthur Valisani was your coach, Jack Foley, yeah. assistant coach. And, you know, Jack would – he was our head coach. Arthur had moved on. But, yeah. you know, telling stories of your competing – Well, you know, Mikey. You know, Mikey. You, you were there. You, I mean, seriously, like, you, you know what it was like to play under these guys. They were tough. Yeah. Like, Arthur Valisani, Arthur Valisani, my high school coach, looked, he literally looked like he was the, the head of the mafia, yeah. like the Italian mafia. He got this big old nose. He's bald. He's like, you know, he had that mentality. Um, he was a, he was a really he was in your face, and he's he was intimidating. And you know, that's that's how I grew up. That's how I grew up um, understanding the game. That's how I understood um, 
it's how I learned the game. And, and I was one of those guys that if that guy yelled at me, I knew there's a reason why he was yelling at me. It's not just because he doesn't like me. It's because he does like me. It's just he sees something better. Um, but those days were awesome. I mean, Mike, you know, you know those days back in, and you know what it was like in, in ISL. You know those in, in Massachusetts. It was we 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 were known as the best. We we were known as the best hockey area in the in the country. Mm. Although Minnesota would would have had a little <laughs> bit something to say about it. it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they would disagree with it. And even even Michigan at the time, but um, our league was sick. I mean, I remember, I remember nineteen eighty five. 1985, we had probably the most watched, the most watched prep school game in, in all of prep school history. And that was um, Thayer versus Avon Old Farms in the New England New England final that was in Avon Old Farms. That's wow. Brian Leach was playing for that team. Tony and I were playing for Thayer. Um, there wasn't a school or an NHL club that was not present at that game. It was by far the most scouted hockey game in the history of uh, of new england and it was probably one of the best hockey games um ever to be seen in, in new england we won we won six four um to win the, the new england new england championship and it was just one of those things tony monty was just a freak you know me and tony together you know i, I call tony i call tony monty he's he's my soulmate of wingers I could have played. I could have played. I could have played blindfold with Tony Monty and know exactly where he was. Um, Who was the other guy? Did Danny Green the glue holding that line? Yeah, together? yeah. Danny Green, Richie Antonino. You know, <laughs> well, not so much Richie, but Richie was great, but not so much Richie. Danny Green was. Danny Green will tell you he was the guy that he was the glue guy. Yeah, the glue. You know, he'll, he'll, tell you, he'll tell you that. But uh, we had a lot of good guys. We had a lot of good guys that went division division one uh, college and played division one college. Larry Rooney um, was he? Uh, Larry Rooney, yeah. Larry was Larry was our our captain. Yeah, right. he went yeah. to Providence College. We have a lot of good guys. You know, even our, even our goaltender Mark Romain, he went to college, yeah. got drafted. Good, good. We had a great team. Yeah, um, that's amazing. You know, those stories that you hear. You know, it's good to hear from you as well. But you know, just it just you created a kind of a culture and a winning way, and that's some of my sons there now. And you know, it just kind of keeps going. And uh, the stories kind of get a little bit more exaggerated as, as time goes <laughs> hey, on. You know, but you know, it's great. Mike, Mike, you have your your stories too, right? So you, you've been through the block. You've been up, up and you've made it there. You know what it's like. It's it's like everybody has their stories and they're every, everything is a little, you know, different levels. And some are, some are really crazy. Mine just happened to be like <laughs> jaw, like mind boggling crazy. So, you know. But we'll keep some of those to another another day. Yeah, <laughs> we can hot soap it some other time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, yeah we save those for uh, for for off the air. Uh, that decision you 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 touched on it quickly though, and we talk about it because a lot of the the listeners of the show right are parents and kids, and mm-hmm. we talk about the college route versus the major junior route. Um, you kind of like you said five minutes at BC and then went to, to, you know, Chicago Blackhawks. How, like, what was it, what was the thought process like for you? Well, for me, it was, it was kind of easy. Cause I wasn't, I mean, I was growing up in the, in the high school area. Right. So yep. um, I actually, I got drafted uh, in June of 1988, eighth overall. And 
my dad was like, you can't go back to school. So we just, we went to my headmaster and he said, listen, just go take classes at BC. If you, if you pass all your classes in the summer, summertime, we'll give you your, your whole senior year's credit worth and stuff like that for, you know, for the year. And uh, so it was always college for me. But I do remember my dad and I used to used to uh, drive up 95 and go into uh, Quebec and watch the Quebec Major Junior team. We used to go watch a guy who was a good friend of mine named Neil Carnes. Mm-hmm. He played for Verdun up in um, up in the junior major Quebec Major Junior teams, and I remember going watching Verdun and watching you know um, uh, you know a lot of the teams in that Quebec league, and it was awesome hockey. Yeah. And my mom didn't, didn't, my mom didn't want to send me away. She didn't want to send me away and lived uh, away from home and really, ha- and kind of forego my, my education. Because listen, you can go, you can go to Quebec, maybe major junior, you can go to major junior, but you say you're going to do high school. You, you, you don't really do school. I mean, the school is secondary. It, it's, you're going up there to play hockey and that's it. And if you don't make hockey, then it's like, what are you going to do then? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think nowadays there's so many great options for U.S. kids to to make their way. There's, you know, obviously the USHL is amazing. The NACL is unbelievable. The NAL is unbelievable. The West, you know, you have the West Coast uh, leagues. There are mm-hmm. so many different junior leagues that you can you can play in to try to make your way into college because there's more college kids coming to the National Hockey League now than yeah. ever, right. and. Um, Finally, the United States has found a way to um, to make it easier for a player to, you know, get an education and to play the game at the same time. That have to go to the junior ranks. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you think some of that is also some of these people running, you know, the organizations, NHL organizations, kind of value, you know, a kid that has some routine and you know some maybe a little bit more maturity, time management, whatever. Yeah, you know, like you know, a combination of things. You know, it's crazy. I, it, there's there's so many leagues now, but there's still not enough leagues. There's yeah. so many kids playing hockey right now, and there's such great talent. Um, I was just watching my nephew play in the uh, in in the Nall, um, the NAHL, yeah, uh, out here in New England, and um, you know they have two different teams, they have two different leagues, and there's kids. There's just not enough for everybody. Uh, there's Hockey is so popular right now. So many kids want to play, and there's so many great players. Um, there's still not enough leagues in the in the U.S. to keep it going. But again, at some point, kids are going to have to realize that this is the end of the rope for me. You know, this is it. This is okay. I, I need to get my schooling. I need to make sure I, I get an education and I move on to that next level. Um, unfortunately, sometimes kids don't know when it's when it's okay to let the game go. Um, you know, is that Trevor's son that you were watching? Yeah. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, My buddy, my, yeah, my, my nephew, Jackson, he's a piece of work, man. He, he, he he hit somebody so hard. I think half the building almost fell in on the other side. And it was like, (laughs) Oh, it was unbelievable. He's such a good kid. And and here's another kid that wants to go play and he wants to go play hockey and, and, um, and, division three hockey and you know he's just holding on and you know whether he wants to have an education or not it's i I don't think you need an education to really be successful in this world anymore um 
especially with with the education that our our universities are doing right now they they teach people to be to be nothing yeah. not entrepreneurs they teach they teach them to be you know other things unfortunately um um but my my my, my nephew he's a he's a crazy he's a crazy bastard i love him he's awesome <laughs> well you're talking him. about that and that path and it just popped into my head but like, i think it was great Wayne Gretzky was talking about it last week after the, 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 you know, the unfortunate passing of Adam Adam Johnson, but like the contact piece of it. Right. And it just, I just thought of it when you would just talk, like, do you think there's a, a point where some of these leagues should go to like no contact? No, Mm -hmm. no, like the, you know, the, the, Pro no, they have no contact with Pee Wee. There you go. Yeah, that's fine. Leave, yeah, leave, leave it there. <laughs> Listen, they, they also have they also have ping pong. There's tennis, <laughs> golf. There's golf. I mean, there's enough sports where if you don't, if you're afraid of getting hit, and you're afraid of contact. Go play another sport. Um, that's i mean that's ridiculous it's like saying okay we're, we're not gonna we're not gonna have hitting in football anymore yeah. <laughs> flag on, football. Man. it's like it's it's even flag football's physical it's you yeah know, they play hard these um the, the pajama people these days are um they're living in a dream world and the dream world really isn't that fun mm. it's really not that fun it really isn't so can you talk about like an early influence like as you kind of turned pro was there anyone that really took you under their wing to kind of not teach you but like kind of show you the ropes and kind of take you under their wing and yeah and- I, I mean i had a bunch of guys mike i had a i mean dennis savard took me under his wing nice. um I, i'll tell you the guy who probably saved my life and it, he didn't save my life in the beginning but he saved my life in the end is doug wilson you know, but he was on the team. Yes. He was my first roommate when I got to Chicago. Um, you know, Steve Thomas and, and you know, the, Steve Larmer, all these guys that taught me the ropes and taught me what it was like, taught me how to play poker the wrong way. So I lost all my money. You know, it was just, <laughs> that was that, that was yeah. it, right? A little like, rite of passage. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I had two two aces. Well, this is not, this is not good. If you had one ace, then it would be okay. Yeah, you fold. Have, you have two. Yeah, so... Um, but I had a, I had a great crew, you know, Steve Larmer was awesome. Denny Savard. I loved to death. Chris Chelios, who, um, came over to Chicago when I was 21 years old, really taught me about loving the game, like really, really loving the game. Mm. There's nobody that loved the game more than Chris Chelios. There's no, not even a question about it. Yeah, that's a great support system right there. And, you know, just talking about your game, you know, your skating was, you know, one of your strengths but that jam that you talked about like you know you're a little undersized you almost had to make up for it with a little more physical play but your skating got there and your balance but then you have to have that mentality to go through someone right well, i think and listen and this, this is what i tell this is what i tell you a lot of young kids okay um there's a there's a difference there's a difference between stars and superstars there's a difference right so stars Stars have the have the God given gift of being good, right? And they they work and they practice, and they work and they practice. But the stars, when they get tired, 
when they get when when it's, they're sore and they hurt, they stop. Or when you know somebody else says, "Hey, let's go to the bar. Let's go have a couple of drinks. Let's go do something." Or when they're kids, they say, "Hey, let's go to the mall. Let's hang out. Let's let's go let's go chase chase some of the girls or whatever." Those guys stop working. The superstars are the guys that have the ability to block out the pain. They block out the fatigue. They block out their friends that want to do other things and they stay and they work longer and lo- they work harder. They work longer, longer, longer. Those guys become the superstars. And, and because you can't tell me that there are guys that are as talented as Sidney Crosby. Absolutely, there are guys as talented right. as Sidney Crosby. But Sidney Crosby works harder and longer mm-hmm. and puts more time to it. And you can't tell me that there's there's more there's more talented people than Alex Ovechkin. There's there's a handful of people more talented than Alex Ovechkin, but Alex Ovechkin shoot shots, shoot shots, shoot shots. You can't tell me that there's more people more talented than Joe Pavelski. Yeah, that's a good one. Joe yeah. Joe Pavelski has minimal talent in terms of his skating abilities. But you yeah. know what the guy does? He works and he works and he stays and he stays and he stays and he works and he works. No matter how tired he is, no matter how sore he is, they'll turn the lights off and you keep he'll keep tipping shots in front of the net. Yeah, that's a good that's, example. That's the difference. And for these young kids, you, you, you the, the game's got to come from here, not not here. This is your heart. You obviously have to have heart, but it's got to come from the inner deep underneath your chest plate in the middle of your body. And Mike, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's something, there's something about a player that comes from deep within the, in the depths of your body that you love this game so much and nobody's going to beat you. And it's there's nothing that's going to stop you and you're going to give everything you possibly have from from here from the inner gut of your body because you love it so much and that's what i try to teach kids is you gotta and if you don't love it that much then let everybody know that you're only going to go so far Mm -hmm. period if you have if you have the the deep deep inner just determinational grind and love you, you got a good shot man you got a good shot do you think a lot of that is coming do you see that from the mom and dad versus the kid well it's it's definitely not it's it's definitely not from mom and dad anymore because nowadays the mom and dad are the pajama people that were that that don't want to yell at their kids or they don't it's got to be a you have to be lucky enough to be born with a, just a passion and a love for something. Um, Cause I tell you the truth. I don't have much faith in, in, in the way that humanity is today and the way they think. And mm. I, I just don't, I just, I, I see too many bad things and I just, I have no faith in, in, a lot of stuff, tell you the truth, which is really sad because I love people so much. But the things that yeah. I've seen and and the the anger and the hate and the the softness, I just it's not me, man. It's just that, not me. That's <laughs> one of the things. Uh, so I'm coaching U18 
split season and you know talking with my assistant coach and it's like we never had to be told to compete right we're trying to tell these kids that it matters so what your your message right there is like so spot on with it has to come from the belly it has to come from inside to not lose a puck battle to not just not be denied it's deep mike yeah. it's deep it's not just from the belly you're right it's not just from the belly it's like it's deep within the core underneath your sternum and I, you know, I, I just heard this. Um, my brother just told me something that just totally took the wind out of me. Um, he said that in college now you can't do bag skates anymore. <laughs> you can't you, you can't bag skate a team or in, in, induce more work because a team played bad as a coach. Like I'm like, what? Like, I haven't heard that. That's like, I don't know. That's kind of embarrassing. So that, I mean, that's, that's what my brother says. That's a rule now that you cannot bag skate like or punishment skates for lack of no execution no. or. So it's almost effort. like you have to, it's almost like you have to talk to the, talk to the team and make them feel better to make them play better. <laughs> Is that what uh, Mike Keenan did? No, no. <laughs> I could see him being Mike, real sensitive. No. Huh? <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike made you feel pain yeah. and a lot of pain and a lot of anguish and a lot of times throwing up on yourself in yeah. order to know um, that you didn't want to do that again. And you would do anything you could not to have the repercussions of what comes from playing bad. Unfortunately, today, there's, there's no consequence for anybody. There's no repercussions and there's no consequence at all. Accountability or, or consequence nowadays is gone. And we're in big trouble because of it. What's your take on the, the current state of the NHL? I think the league is great. I think the league is very good. I think the league mm -hmm. is strong. I think talent is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I think the league makes a lot of mistakes, but they're you know they're human they're 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 allowed to make mistakes um but i think all in all i think the game is fun to watch i think the players are awesome i think the players are as good at hockey players as they we've ever seen uh we don't we didn't have connor mcdavid's and mckinnon's back in our days you know we did, just didn't have those guys um so it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, it's 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 a different mentality. Um, it's not a physical mentality. It's a, it's a talented game. Um, but I think I think the league is fun. I think I think the game is good. Uh, I mean, I can critique all day long, but um, <laughs> I think the league has done a pretty good job of 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 really trying to get these players' talents to the peak and let them do what they do. But again, it's. Just it's just never enough for me. I can always see other things that I wouldn't probably try to improve on. I mean, if you placed yourself in the league right now, I mean, not getting held up, being able to have a free run at a D, how how, how much uh, excitement would be going through you on the four check? Oh, I'd, I'd score. I, well, first of all, I couldn't play in this league because I get suspended every week. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> I mean, I can see my. I think you I could have over uh, adapted a little bit with your skill and speed and and everything yeah. else. I think I think I could score a hundred points a year in this league right, right now. To tell you the truth, right. so yeah. yeah, I'd be okay. 
Yeah, it is. Plus, I mean, plus 150, 150 penalty minutes, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is just a, how the game changes a bit, you know, over the course of yeah. you know generations. But um, you know, it is an exciting time. You know, there's so much high end, you know, talent to be on display each game and each night. And yeah. just the one thing that is like lacking a little bit is a little bit more jam, like how you played. You know, if there's a net front scramble and. You know, there's some face yeah. washing uh, going on. No, no one even looks lot. each other in the eyes. There's lots. And, and I, I do think, too, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, um, I think respect, I think a lot of respect is, is lost. That's like, what it you is. Know, exactly. yeah, Brian, let, Brian, I'm, I'm going to take, take Keith, um, perfect example. One of the worst things I've ever seen in, in my, my days watching sports is Mike Yo taking – Keith Yandel's 984 mm. streak away from him of games played without missing one. His Iron Man streak for what? To to play a couple of young guys for one game and then put them back in the lineup. There's there has to at some point the respect has to stay within the players and within the game, right? Where we respect where the players are going, you know, what achievements they're trying to achieve. You know, Keith had a chance to play a thousand games without missing a game. That's yeah. crazy. And, and, and Mike, you and I know how hard that is. And you know what, what it takes to, to do that. It's never been done until, I, I don't know, did, uh, did uh, Kessel, Kessel, did yeah. Kessel yeah. did it. And, okay. Well, <laughs> again, um, the amount of pain and, and anguish and, and injury that you have to play through in order to do that. Um, you know, to, to <laughs> Mike Medano didn't play 1500 games because Mike Babcock decided he wanted to show him who, who was boss mm-hmm. and didn't, didn't, didn't let Mike Medano get his 15, 1500th game played. Uh, these things have to start meaning things to, the league and to the people um, in charge. And sometimes I just, I, yeah, I get it. It's a team game. It's a team game. It's a team game. But all these team things are also predicated on individual accomplishments. And I feel really bad for Keith. I feel really bad for Keith. And and I, and I, I, I still think that Mike Yo is a, you know, POS for, um, breaking that amazing streak and i'll never i'll never ever change my mind about that well i know he you know obviously being a young guy in phoenix and and you were there he was you know keith was a guy that learned about the respect of the game from guys like yourself and donor and i think even his first you know training camp guys like brett hall were there right and you guys Mm -hmm. taught him and showed him the ropes and brought him out right for those first few dinners and whatever else was you know what other, whatever about, other nonsense was going on but it's all that, about that respect and that's 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 you know that's what he learned and that was what you know he tried to you know there wasn't a day that he wasn't in the nhl that he wasn't thankful for those memories with you guys um and tried to give it back and pay it forward to the next generation yep and that's the way it should go but you know sometimes we just need the support of the of of the management above but unfortunately, um, sometimes narcissism wins. It's just terrible, unfortunately. So, Jay, you, you found your way into the media. Would you 
you know, as you know, you color commentating and I always loved uh, your fresh take and you know, your no holes, uh, no, no holding back. But uh, could you talk to us about your new podcast, uh, Snipes and Stripes with Timmy Pill? Yeah. So I, you know, this, I think this is a really cool thing. I mean, I started nofilter.net with my buddy, um, yep. with Eric Burns and Joe Manuel about three, three years ago. Um, it's a great streaming network that we, you know, we put on to really let people watch sports on unadulterated. Right. Mm. And, uh, so no filter is a, is, is, is a wonderful platform that, uh, that, you know, I've been a part of. And Tim Peel is one of my favorite people. I played with him in the National Hockey League as, you know, alongside him. He's a referee. Mm-hmm. I yelled at him. I screamed at him. And now that we can have a podcast together, uh, I'm the Snipes and Snipes and Stripes. And he's the Stripes of the, of the podcast. And I think our, our, I think our show gives us a little bit of a different edge. I think we, um, again, like you guys, we're, we're a PG-rated, <laughs> PG-rated mentality. Uh, there's no swearing. We tell we we are harsh, but we're harsh to um, you know to a limit to make sure that we get our point across when someone does something that we don't agree with. But we're also very very powerful in in, in praising the great things that happen in hockey. So and it's nice to have a, a referee's point of view. Um, yeah, yeah, you know to have I've complain 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 about refereeing and calls and things that happen and it's nice to have somebody to bounce something off of on the show and the, the fans seem to have uh, a really good uh attraction to tim peel on the show too asking questions about what the referee sees and what they're feeling at the time rather than what we're feeling at the time so it's a great show um snipes and stripes on nofilter.net wednesdays at seven o'clock eastern time four o'clock pacific it's a great time that's that's awesome. Yeah, and to your point though, to have that perspective of a line, I mean, a, a referee who's in the game, he's in the game, and it's moving so quickly. And then to have, I love when refs have a feel for the game. You know, whether it be you know, you just let a call go here, or you got to call a tight, you don't want it to get out of control, or whatever it may be. If it's a turn, like a a trip that doesn't really yeah. result in a change of possession, stuff like that. Like you just, but those are split second decisions that everyone's a yeah. ref. You know players and fans and well, they, you know yeah. the thing is what people don't think referees think different than we do they think different right. than the players and they think different than the people at home because they have a different vantage point mm-hmm. so it's good to hear and they get different they they have to report to a different entity than we do they yep. report yep. to the national hockey league they can report to their people so it's 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 a different mentality so it's nice to hear the mentality that comes from inside the referee locker room rather than what's inside NHL locker room. It's pretty cool. Good point. No, that's great stuff. Well, JR, this has been great. We're all going to be checking out uh, Snipes and Stripes. Uh, looking forward to that. And, and again, I think the more that we can all get our messages out there, right, whether it's youth hockey based yep. or like you're like, this is, this is great stuff. So uh, we really Thanks, appreciate you taking the time. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. All Enjoy. Right, it. Thank you. Great being All with right. you guys. All right. All right. See we'll see you. See ya. That interview was brought to you by TSR Hockey, located in tax-free Salem, New Hampshire. We can stock up on all your equipment needs for the remainder of the hockey season. TSR stocks team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in-house, embroidery and printing. You can reach them at their team store at 603 
912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, and they will take care of you. Now is the time to give them a buzz to talk about how your team can upgrade your gear, wear, and swag game. TSR Hockey is New England's premier hockey store and is a proud sponsor of the Ring Shrinks. Visit tsrhockey.com for all your shopping needs and tell them the shrinks sent you. Yeah, you can also look in our bio mots in the uh, on the rink shrinks and on uh, on Instagram and Twitter, and we have a nice uh, rink shrinks team store that we partnered up with our boys up at TSR Hockey, and we have some great swag that's going to be available, so you can purchase for the holidays some you know gift ideas if you got some uh, family members or friends that maybe a little bit need a little bit more you know rink shrinks in their life you get them a nice hat or a t-shirt or a, or a quarter zip right maybe a a hoodie uh yeah. with the nice shrinks shrinks look. Yeah, yeah yeah those guys they uh you know mike and dave and brennan they take care of us and like you said uh we'll be putting out all that information and make sure you order up your um, rink shrink swag with our boys at tsr hockey and it's kind of like everybody wins you know no, absolutely. Hey, great people, um, great service, and uh, check out the, the Ring Shrinks uh, team store through TSR. Yeah, we'll make sure we get all that information posted up. Uh, Mats, it was great chatting with JR. Obviously, uh, you know, a character, a legend of the game, a legend of USA hockey, uh, a legend of, you know, basically everywhere he's ever been. So uh, it was it was really cool to chat with him. I liked, uh, you know, he – always nice when somebody's got your brother's back too he's like you know i like how he brought that up but like i feel like if he saw mike yo uh anywhere he'd, he'd definitely <laughs> he say some something words. to him yeah. yeah he'd have some words uh but a guy that just you know speaks his mind that's what he does right yeah you know number one great player you know big personality that really uh you know it was kind of neat to hear some of his first experiences you know falling in love with the game through Gordie howe like yeah, that the was Hoffman cool. Civic Center is Hoffman Civic Center. It's like pretty cool. Like when you look back on how early that was and how he really kind of took on the personality of like, you know, being, you know, engaged with the fans and, and really showing up, uh, you know, showing his his side of his personality through hockey and, and, and through the media. And but he uh, was such a, a great player to watch, like we, we talked about and. It's kind of uh, interesting, you know, his path and, you know, the fair Avon Old Farms game. I remember seeing some footage of that, you know, back in the day. And, you know, yeah. he said, you know, the most scouted game ever. I mean, like th that's up for debate, right? But it probably, yeah. <laughs> but we will, we can definitely attest to some of the talent that was in that game. And, um, you know, it was great to have him on. And how about, know, I, I loved how he said, uh, yeah, if I played in the NHL today, like, you know, 100 points, 150 pims, no no problem. And he's like, when you think about it, him playing in today's NHL would have been a problem for people. He would have been insane, yeah. insanely good. Um, he could – well, he's, he probably would have been suspended a few times, but, like, he could yeah, probably he would have just down. Been, right, right. And, yeah, like his speed and his skill, and, like, he just played with reckless abandon. And that's why he was fun to watch. And, you know, you watch some of his highlights, I mean – teeth everywhere blood going to the net no teeth after like you know when he was a rookie i i just remember this uh you know knocked his teeth out you know he's like 19 years old you know yeah. playing in the nhl playoffs for chicago and scoring goals and just 
no excuses, just going to the net and and enjoying, you know, getting his teeth knocked out versus, you know, kind of going down and like <laughs> like right. look, looking for a call. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it was like, no, hey, the puck's in the net. Played hard and played with an edge, that is for sure. Uh, Sparks is the uh, at-home or on-the-road skate shop machine. Machine. It is uh, the gift that keeps on giving. It can be located at sparkshockey.com where you can use the code BYMOTS for $50 off your Sparks sharpener obviously we got the holidays the christmas season is right around the corner um make sure you head over to sparkshockey.com the best gift you could ever get somebody for sure we talk about it all the time uh we love it it does such a great job especially you know with us mots like we talked about at the beginning of the show every weekend we're coming we're going we got all these different things going on and to just know i don't have to worry about showing up to a rink and all of a sudden the the, the pro shop's not open right yeah. like well I, like, I have a story about that oh boy here we go <laughs> so you well, didn't they, bring your sparks either oh there you go and i should have learned um so well I mean, there's two things about sparks here i you know was doing the lawn on saturday <laughs> you know and it's tough to get like off the machine when you get going like you just kind of like i'm like one track brand yeah, and yeah. Uh, like Bobby Boucher driving to uh, you know <laughs> driving to class when he was in college on that on that track that on the water yeah, on the water boy yeah <laughs> so uh, so courts like uh, Brooke needs her skate shop and so I go in but like I just wanted to make sure you know, I I realigned it put a new wheel on I was like just you know kind of recalibrated everything was fine but I just wanted to make sure because she needed her her wheels done up mm-hmm. um, but. The night before, so Friday, I was we were talking about Ryan's game in the states. Our our top forward, uh, Benny Merrill, is uh, going to know, Harvard. Yeah, he's going to Harvard, but it just I'm like, Ben, are you are you hurt? What's going on? He's like, I have no edges. Like he must have no. stepped on a couple things or whatever. So then that sweet stick, I think hurts those composite blades more than it helps like yeah. i think it dulls them yes so then i i, I stoned him so so then bright has him take his skates off with five minutes left in the second period pro shops closed but if i had the spox machine i we would have been all set I, it would have been done like after warm-ups there's your seventh goal right there uh and probably it, it would have been in ninth yeah. Like he was still dancing at half speed. Imagine, you know, I was like, oh man, I just got, you know, that, that it hit me pretty hard because, you know, I didn't go home though. So the water bottles and the, the board weren't there. So you had no Spocks, no water bottles, no board. He <laughs> had nothing for the States. So <laughs> yeah, that's good coaching. Um, <laughs> well, these kids are 18 years old. I know, but like it would have been an amazing value add if i had brought my spots yeah. and be like hey benny just go pop them on there right i don't even know if his skate would fit in there is it like a size 13 foot no it would fit it would fit all right, all right just making sure it would definitely fit uh oh <laughs> I know. unbelievable uh, i yeah, like so- how you preface that story that you were mowing the lawn too <laughs> well, you had to get that in too <laughs> i just slip it in only you because slipping that you're mowing the lawn i haven't mowed my lawn in three months it's november 13th well, I mean, it's I, again. We've talked about this, but I rake up the big stuff, then I I chew up the uh, the leaves without the bag, like buzz it. So I mow my lawn twice, you know, yeah. once without, 
make it a little more fine and then i i grab the uh the bag and make sure there's no leave on there when i uh when i'm done i uh, very nice very nice uh <laughs> all right it is time for the my hockey rankings question of the week uh here it is rink shrinks avid listener from alberta love the show um i might be late to the game here but i discovered my hockey rankings earlier this year thanks to your podcast what an informative website i wish i knew about it earlier my question to the rink shrinks is how do scores get entered I notice missing game results from a tournament. I'd like to update scores for some teams in our league. Keep up the good work, guys. Eddie from Edmonton. I wonder how he feels about the old Oilers. Yeah, and I, I think uh, I'm sure he's uh, positively thinking after the change, and they're going to mm-hmm. go on a run, like I think. Okay. Uh, yeah. You want to take the answer? Because obviously we went straight to the source at yeah. boysinmyhockeyrankings.com. And that, that's a, you know, it's great. Hey, th- thanks for tuning in, number one, Eddie. And, um, you know, to, to weave in the uh, My Hockey Rankings and getting on there. And we'll figure this out from our boys here. Uh, it's great to hear from our friends in Western Canada with over 27,000 teams and 400,000 game results annually. Collecting game results is a team effort. My Hockey Rankings uses crowdsourcing methods in addition to our admin team to assist with the collection of game results. We rely on a network of over a thousand division volunteers, tens of thousands in the hockey community, and our game sheet API. From a volunteer standpoint, My Hockey Rankings is always looking for knowledgeable locals who are familiar with the team slash divisions in the area to help enter, review, and approve scores and keep the data reasonably free of errors if interested in volunteering for a division please reach out via the contact us form under the resources tab or shoot me an email at director at myhockeyrankings.com we look forward to hearing from you soon eddie that's great i mean like straight that's to the point. fantastic fantastic yeah. eddie from edmonton there you go yeah Boom. and and again like you can recruit or you know like have other people like if you really want to get like that hard data in or the game sheets in on an uh, accurate um timely manner then you you need some help right so definitely uh reach out to uh the guys at my hockey rankings at director at myhockeyrankings.com and definitely uh get going on that and that'll be great for uh the league I mean, not just your team, but the league. And it's really cool that you want to do it for the whole league. And good luck to the Oilers. We'll see how Chucky Knobloch does and turning things around up there. He's going to be snapping at the first. No big deal. <laughs> Spinning two. <laughs> Spinning two. That was wild. Um, Mott's good show. Uh, great. Most of our listeners are like, who the heck is Chuck Knobloch? Uh, but – Great episode. Obviously, thanks to um, to JR for jumping off. Make sure you check out his uh, podcast as well, Snipes and Stripes with Tim Peel. Um, you can find that where all where you get all your podcasts. And this uh, this show was presented by Bet Online. Great episode, Mots, and time to cue the Rink Shrink Shuffle jersey. Oh, 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 oh